This is a Yiskari Joshua that was said in Or HaTorah congregation in Phoenix, Arizona in Tufshin Pei Gimel. The tragedy, untold suffering, inexplicable suffering is the number one cause of disenchantment with religion, says the Ramban in his Agdama, in his introduction to Sefer Eov. And in fact, it's true. Hashem himself tells Eov in chapter 38, Where were you when I set up the land? We don't really understand Hashem's ways. As the Methodist explains, I put the planetary structures, the planets, into the sky. How, what holds them up? Do you know? We have some theories. We have Newton says that it's gravitational pull. And the gravitational pull, according to Einstein, is caused by the curvature in space. But we don't really understand that. Moshe Rabbeinu himself grappled with this question, as the Gemara tells us in 7a in Brachos. Tzadik Viraloi, why do bad things happen to good people? Rasha Vitovloi, why do good things happen to evil people? This is the, the question. And no one really escapes death. As Rashi tells us in Parshas Toldos, Rashi says that Yaakov made lentils for the Avelos, for the mourning period of Abraham, of Abraham Avinu, when he died at age 175, because Avelos is the Galgal HaChoser. It is the, what goes around, comes around. Mourning hits every single family. And the Derech Hashem tells us in Chelek Aleph, in the section called Bemin Anushi, that all people must die before the Tchiyas HaMesim, before the resurrection takes place. So no one escapes the Malach HaMavis. No one escapes the angel of death. But there is one escape. There is one way to, to live forever. And that is the Mishnah tells us in Pirkei Avos, chapter 4. Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon says, there are three crowns. Keser Malchus, there is the crown of Malchus, of monarchy. And that, as the Gemara explains in Yuma 72b, the Gemara says, Zohabah, David Hamelach, that King David it was Zoichah merited this this crown. He merited this crown. And there is a keli, there is a vessel in the base Hamikdash that corresponds to this crown, and that is the Shulchan. The Shulchan had also a border around it, which is called the Zair, and that is corresponding to the Keser Machus, to the crown of monarchy. Keser Kuhuna, then there is also the Keser Kuhuna. There is the crown of the priesthood, and that, the Gemara also explains, was Zohabar Aaron. Aaron HaKoyen merited, Aaron the Koyen merited this crown, and the keli, the vessel that corresponds to it in the Beis Hamikdash, was the Mizbeach, and it also had this border, this crown around it too. What is the third crown? The third crown is Keser Torah. The third crown is Keser Torah. Keser Torah Adayin Munach, says the Gemara. It is still... It is still sitting. Call Haroitza Yavavita. Whoever wants can come and take it. Whoever wants to become a Tamar Chacham, whoever wants to become a Torah scholar, is welcome to become a Torah scholar. 
and there is a keli, there's a vessel also that corresponds to it in the Beis Amikdash, and that is the Aron, which also had this Za'er, also had this border around it. But then continues the Mishnah and says, Mikesar Shemtov Ola Al Gabeim. The crown of the good name goes, goes on top of them. So asks the Maral in the Derach Chaim, in his commentary on Pirkiavos, asks the Maral three questions. Number one is, you said that there are three crowns, but you listed four. Because there is Keser Torah, the Keser Malchus, the Keser Kuhuna, but then you, there's a fourth one, which is the Keser Shem Tov. So you said that there are three, but you listed four. That's question number one. Question number two is, why isn't there a keli? Why isn't there no vessel that corresponds to the Keser Shem Tov, the crown of a good name in the Beis Amikdash? And question number three is, why is it that the Keser Shem Tov is Ola Al Gabeim? Why is it that the Keser of a good name is higher than all the other Ksarim? So to answer the first question is, you list the three, but you, 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 you said that there are three crowns, but then you listed a fourth one. The answer to that is, is that there's a difference between the first three crowns and the last crown. Is that the first three crowns is the wearer of the crown wears that crown on his head. The king wears the crown on his head. The Kohen wears the crown on his head. The Tamil Chochom, the Torah scholar, wears the crown on his head. However, the Keser Shem Tov, the crown of the good name, he doesn't, the person who has the good name does not wear that crown on his head. Instead, he wears that crown on everybody else's head. And so therefore, they're listing, the Mishnah is listing three crowns, which are the same, and that is the Keser Kuhuna, Keser Malchus, and Keser Torah, which the wearer wears that crown on their own head, but then there is a fourth crown, which is different than all the other three, and that's why it doesn't list them in, in the three crowns, and that is the Keser Shem Tov, the crown of the good name, the crown of the good name, that that, that, that person wears, the person who has a good name, wears that crown on everybody else's head. And the answer to the second question is, is that why is there no vessel in the Beis Amikdash? Why is there no crown in the Beis Amikdash that corresponds to the, why is there no crown in the Beis Amikdash that corresponds to the crown of, 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 of Kersa Shem Tov? And the answer to that is, is that the other crowns are temporary. If the melech wears a crown on his head, it can, the crown can be taken off. The, he, can, he can die, or he can abdicate the monarchy. Same thing with the coin. Same thing with the Torah scholar. So therefore, there is a crown and a vessel that corresponds to the Beis Amikdash, which is, which is temporary, which can be cut off the vessel, that crown. However, the Kesel Shem Tov, since, since that person wears that Kesel Shem Tov on everybody else's head, it cannot be taken off. He cannot abdicate from a, from a good name. He can ruin his good name, but he cannot abdicate from the good name. It cannot go away. Even if a person dies, they still endure, they still live in the other person's, people's hearts. A person, is a, a person with a good name is a king in other people's hearts. A person who is a coin in good name is a coin in everybody else's heart. If a person is a Tamil Chochom, he teaches everybody else that he, is, he has a good name in everybody else's heart. And so therefore, he endures, he endures forever. And the fourth and final question is, why is it that the Keser Shem Tov is Ola Gabeim is because, says the Maral, 
that the Kesa Shem Tov is Ein Sof. It has no end. It's limitless. A person, it, it, it can, the crown can be worn by many people. It could be worn by, by one person. A person have a good, can have a good name with one person. A person can have a good name with a hundred people, with a thousand people, with a hundred thousand people, with a million people, with a billion people. And it can go through generations. A person's good name can endure forever and ever. It's Ein Sof. That's why it's over Agabeim. However, the other crowns, the other crowns are finite. The other crowns are finite. And so therefore, this is the way to escape death. And that is to be, to be, to have a good name, a shame tov in other people's hearts, in other people's consciousness, in other people's minds. That even if after a chasashon person passes away, they still continue to exist in other people's hearts. They continue to be <clears throat> with a good name in other people's minds and in their consciousness. And here is an example of such an idea. The Gemara tells us in Tractate Tota, page 36b, says the Gemara that Yosef was seduced by Asus Potiphar and he was about to commit the licentious act. And then he saw the image, he saw the image of his father Yaakov. And his father Yaakov said to him that the name, your name and your brother's names are going to be written on the stones of the Hoshan of the breastplate of the Kohen Gadol. Do you want your name to be erased? So we can say that Yaakov didn't actually appear to Yosef. Yaakov didn't actually speak to Yosef. But Yosef's teachings, Yaakov's teaching Yosef, Yaakov's up, up, Yosef's upbringing of Yaakov, Yaakov's influence over Yosef's pers a person was of such, uh, such acuity, uh, it was so forceful that it's as if that whenever Yosef had to make a decision, whenever Yosef was, was faced with a challenge, Yosef saw, it's as, it was so, the, the teachings were so strong in his mind that it's as if he saw a picture of his father speaking to him. And Yosef just could not bring himself to do this act because he was his father's son. I remember that when I was leaving Russia, when I was nine years old, and my, my grandfather was saying goodbye to me, I'm an only child, and he was never going to see me again. I don't remember what he said, I don't remember what he looks like, but one thing I do remember, one thing I do remember is that he communicated, he was crying and that he communicated to me that he, that he loved me. That, and this, that the, these images of our relatives live with us. They live with us forever and ever. And that's how they endure. And this explains the Gemara in, uh, in um, Ksubis on Ayin Zayin on 77b. The Gemara tells a story with Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi. The Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi was a, a person who visited people who were, had contagious diseases, who had very dangerous disease called Ra'asan, and he was unconcerned. He was not worried. He, he, he was not worried. Rashi says he used to learn with them Torah, and he was, he had bitachan, he had, he was confident that the Torah would protect him, like the Gemara says in Sota, page 21a, that the Torah protects he, and and uh, the, see the commentaries 
or the Achronim, how they explain this Rashi. But then the Gemara says that Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, merited to go to Gan Eden alive. The Gemara tells a whole story about how he tricked the Malach Amavis, the angel of death, and he jumped into the Garden of Eden alive. So the question is, is that why was Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi Zoicha? Why did he merit that he should go into Gan Eden alive? What was his chus? So the Ritva does not learn like Rashi. The Ritva learns that Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi visited these people that had the contagious diseases, but he didn't learn Torah with them. And the, if you look in the Gemara and Sota, the Gemara and Sota says that the Torah protects a person from, uh, from travail, even when they're not learning Torah, when, if, if, they're, if they are Tamina Chachamim. So the Ritva says they did not learn Torah. So if that's true, then what did Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi do with these people? who were, they had these contagious diseases, they were deathly ill. So we must say that Rabbi Shua visited them to comfort them, to give them solace, to give them chizuk, to give them strength, to be there, to share in their, to share in their pain. Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi was doing chesed. Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, therefore, was alive. He was, he was alive in their hearts. He was, he had a shame tov, he had a good name in their hearts, in their minds, and in consciousness. He was alive. He was alive and well in the minds of other people, of many other people. So therefore, we can suggest that Rabbi Shua ben Levi was zoicha to Rabbi Shua ben Levi was zoicha to go to Gan Eden alive because it was a fait accompli. He was already alive. He was already alive beyond his body. He was already wearing the Kesar Shem Tov. He was already wearing the crown of a good name on other people's heads, which makes him live forever. And therefore, it was a fait complete that he should go alive into Gan Eden because he was already alive. Similar, we can suggest that the same way that the, that the Nefesh HaChayim says, based upon a Gemara in Tainus, on page 5a, the Nefesh HaChayim says that there are two, the Gemara says that there are two Yerushalayims, that there is a Yerushalayim Shalmala and Yerushalayim Shalmata, there's a spiritual Yerushalayim and there's a physical Yerushalayim. Says the Nevesh Achayim that the Beis Amigdash, the physical Beis Amigdash, was destroyed only when the spiritual counterpart, Beis Amigdash, was already in ruins by people's actions. So the same way that there is a spiritual Beis Amigdash, the same way that there's a spiritual Beis Amigdash that, in, that, that endures, that, 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 that endures, but if it gets destroyed with people's actions, it's a fait complete that the physical Beis Amigdash is also destroyed, so too with Rabbi Shua ben Levi, since he was already alive in other people's hearts, it was a fait complete that he would endure and live forever because he was in the reverse of a ruined Beis Amigdash. He was in reverse, full of a vivid example of somebody who is alive forever, who has literally cheated death. And we gave an example of a story to illustrate, to illustrate this point. The story goes as follows. Tzodek Greenwald was tired. It was a long day. He was the chazin of the great synagogue in Frankfurt for 2,000 people. And it was mighty Yom Kippur. And he was tired. He wanted to take a rest that before he would walk back to his hotel room to break his fast, 
He wanted to sit down and calm down. After he was done, he walked out the side door of the shul and he saw a man standing in the front of the shul wearing a white yamka and white hair, had white hair, and something, he noticed that something was wrong. He was trying to open the doors. He seemed to be distressed. So Tzudek walked over to him and he said, Rabid, what's wrong? So he said, where is everybody? What's going on? Why is the shul closed? Isn't it Kol Nidre? So right away Tzudek said to him, no. Kol Nidre was last night. Yom Kippur is over. So the man said, I can't believe this. I can't believe. How is it possible that I can miss Kol Nidre? How is it possible that I miss Yom Kippur? How did I get this wrong? So Tzudek said to him, don't worry about it. It's okay. There'll be another Yom Kippur next year. You could say Kol Nidre next year. But the man screamed out and he said, no, you don't understand. My father used to take me to shul once a year to Kol Nidre. And 20 years ago before he died, he made me promise that I would never miss Kol Nidre. And here I am. I missed it. What am I going to do? Tzudek felt really bad. So he put his arm around him and he said, Rabid, you know what? You're in luck. I'm the chazan of the shul. We can go back inside. We can go inside the shul. And I'll say it's for you, Kol Nidre. So he put his arm around him. They went inside the shul. He got him a talis. He stood at the bima and he said the Kol Nidre all over again as if he was saying it for 2,000 people. So you see how much our parents have an influence on us. We are all here for Yisker. We are all here in shul in part because of our parents, because of our relatives, because they live through our consciousness. They live through our minds. They are alive and well in our hearts. So we should emulate their ways and we should build a keser shem tov, a crown of a good name for ourselves by doing chesed for others, like Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, even if it may be dangerous, by teaching others, like a Tamil Chacham would teach others, by being an example for others, like a Kohen would be an example for others, by arranging things like a, like a king who supports and arranges things for others. We should emulate our, our, our relatives and our parents and be in this Yom Hadin.